African governments are responding to runaway commodity prices, Uganda's banking industry profits drop, and Tunisia's economy advances. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business. In Africa, I am Withadong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial, and you can find me at Withadong. Higher food and fuel prices at a time when most economies are still struggling with high unemployment make a volatile political environment. Accordingly, governments have been forced to get creative with their policy tools in order to provide some economic reprieve. Governments are taking extraordinary measures to cushion the economic blow and fiscal consolidation has taken a backseat. Egypt and Nigeria have delayed plans to scrap food and fuel subsidies. Kenya has extended fuel subsidies and South Africa has temporarily cut fuel levies and has extended pandemic era grants. Jacques Nell, head Africa Macro at Oxford Economics Africa, elaborates further on what governments are doing to starve off runaway prices. Egypt is providing a number of subsidies to deal with the current economic measures. What are they and will it be enough? Looking at Egypt, the country planned to scrap bread subsidies have been put on hold. Uh, the government is providing, providing fertilizer subsidies. Uh, this is among a number of other incentives to increase domestic wheat production on the condition that large farms sell at least 90% of their wheat production to the government. The country has also implemented an export ban on certain foodstuffs and has also an announced a 7 billion US dollar financial stimulus package. The measures include tax breaks, wage and pension increases, and broadened state support for poorer families. Uh, the measures taken by the Egyptian government are pretty extensive and indicative of how, how serious the government considers the current situation to be. However, tax breaks will on the government's revenue, while the expansion of the social protection program will be an additional fiscal burden. Uh, the difficult position that Egypt is in is also reflected in its request for additional support from the IMF. The recent devaluation of the pound will have will, would have been an attempt to improve relations with the fund, but of course this has the potential to exacerbate the price situation. Egyptian external debt has increased and is expected to increase further, and Egypt's fiscal position will increasingly become both a constraint and a concern. Nigeria, on the other hand, is still holding on to its subsidies despite the IMF advocating for a move away from it. What more needs to be done during this period? In Nigeria, the controversial fuel subsidy remains in place. The central bank has delayed monetary policy tightening, uh, blaming rising food prices on supply constraints in the agricultural sector. And this despite strong arguments that uh, the tightening should have been commenced quite a while ago, given the capital market dynamics and the pressure on the Naira. That being said, higher oil prices will act as a buffer from a fiscal perspective, which when translated into increased spending will partly cushion uh, part, at least a part of the population from higher food prices. But again, just like South Africa, the country was struggling with a number of issues coming into the current situation, with the latest figures showing that one in three Nigerians looking for a job is unable to find one. The country has also seen an extended period of very high food price inflation, as discussed earlier. And the country also faces the very serious need to diversify the economy away from its hydrocarbon sector. What is the Ghanaian government doing to address the challenges associated with price hikes? Looking at Ghana, yeah, again, the situation is very different to that seen in other economies because the government is even more constrained in its abilities to support the economy and is actually taking away some support. 
Concerns regarding Ghana's public debt sustainability have intensified earlier this year, sparking two credit rating downgrades and a spike in the yields of the country's euro bonds. Rising inflation also prompted a historic policy rate hike of 250 basis points to 17% this year. So with government hands being tied fiscally, the best it can do to placate unhappiness would be through consultation, which will be a very difficult job at the moment. Morocco is also extending a raft of measures to cover its wheat farmers. How sustainable are these measures in the long term? In Morocco, the government has reinstated wheat subsidies and implemented cash subsidies in the transport sector. Uh, the wheat subsidy intends to keep the wheat price paid by importers below $270 per metric tonne while the transport subsidy took the form of one-off payments that vary with vehicle size between $110 and around or just over $700. In 2015, Morocco fully liberalized its fuel pricing system, and this will be the first real test of the system given the recent increase in fuel prices. We doubt the government will turn back on the fuel subsidy system and would rather opt for increasing other social transfers. However, the government is determined to limit the pass-through of higher fuel prices to overall prices. Uh, it, in, in order to limit this, it will have to renew the transport subsidy. If it does, and if the subsidies, subsidies on butane, sugar, and soft wheat cost more than budgeted, then the fiscal picture would look a lot worse than we had previously expected. Our expectation is that the government would prefer to pay to limit the impact of inflation on living standards. Exposing households to the impact of higher global prices would not just risk an economic slowdown from the demand squeeze, but would also risk widespread protests and strikes. Finally, South Africa, can the raft of grants and measures address the more underlying issues in the economy? The country has extended the Social Relief of Distress Grant, which was first put in place in response to the COVID-19 crisis. Fuel levies have been cut for two months, and it's important to note that this additional spending will reportedly not have a detrimental impact on the fiscal position as it will be funded by commodity price tailwinds and spending readjustments. And then the central bank also started tightening monetary policy last year already, which of course puts more pressure on households this year, but aims to contain inflation going forward. However, it should be noted that South Africa is struggling with underlying issues that have been present for some time now. With unemployment hitting a record high before the recent price increase, while riots last year and the emergence of Operation Dudula just show how many South Africans are unhappy with their current circumstances. Unemployment among those between 15 and 24 years of age has reached nearly 70%, which should be considered when assessing uh, political risk in the country. That was Jacques Nell, head Africa Macro at Oxford Economics Africa. A quick look at the other stories making it into the podcast. Nairobi is the only city in Africa among the top 45 global cities that posted growth last year. This is according to the latest Prime Global Cities Index by Knight Frank. Ranking 32nd, Kenya's capital posted a 3.5% change in growth in the period from 2021 first quarter to 2022 first quarter. The city recorded a 2.4% change in six months from quarter three of 2021 to quarter one of 2022 and a 1.3% change between quarter four of 2021 and quarter one of 2022. According to Takin Gross, head of residential agency at Knight Frank, 
this growth can be attributed to pent-up demand. Nairobi has topped the continent in the past two surveys, ranking position 34 globally and the only one in Africa in quarter four of 2021 with a growth of 1.1%. The same survey ranked the country as a top city in Africa for innovation and among the top 100 globally in the last financial year. Nairobi is ahead of Cape Town, which was second, Kampala third with Cairo and Johannesburg at fourth and fifth place respectively. Now, nine out of 26 registered commercial banks in Uganda registered a decline in profits in 2021 compared to the previous year. Over the same period, eight banks registered a loss, according to a compilation of the annual financial performance statements for the year ended December 2021. This comes at a time the financial sector believes that the real effects of the COVID-19 pandemic are just beginning to manifest in the economy and that they might take longer and be far-reaching. In total, the commercial banks registered a profit of $1 trillion and 1 billion Uganda shillings, which was 244 billion shillings lower than the previous year's performance. Most of the banks say their operations were affected by the continued measures against the pandemic, including a second lockdown during the year, while some economic activities had been restricted since March of 2020. According to Bank of Uganda, banks made adjustments in their operations to respond to business environment, some of which would impact on their performance. Now, Bank of Uganda continues to be protective of the industry, maintaining a ban on the payment of dividends to shareholders. Nigeria's annual inflation rate accelerated for the third straight month to 16.82% in April of 2022 from 15.92% in March. It's the steepest inflation rate since last August amid widespread increases across all divisions on the back of surging global commodity prices. Main upward pressure came from prices of food and non-alcoholic beverages, by far the most relevant in the CPI basket in line with the prices of imported food. Like most African countries, Nigeria is grappling with rising prices of food as the continent is largely dependent on agricultural imports, especially grains. Also, soaring diesel prices and the ongoing dollar shortage contributed to the upward trend in inflation. The annual core inflation rate, which excludes the prices of agricultural produce, rose to a five-year high of 14.18% in April of 2022, from 13.91 in the prior month. On a monthly basis, consumer prices advanced by 1.76%, the most since last December. Tunisia's economy advanced by 2.4% from a year earlier in the first quarter of 2022, following a 1.6% rise in the previous period. It's the fourth consecutive quarter of economic expansion driven by growth in the tourism sector at 11.2% and agriculture at 3.3%. Meanwhile, output contracted in the oil and natural gas sector and a contraction of 9.5%. Construction saw a contraction of 12.2%. On a quarterly basis, the GDP grew by 0.7%, slowing from a downwardly revised 0.8% rise in the previous quarter. Government expects the economy to grow by 2.6% this year. Angola's annual inflation rate slowed to a nine-month low of 25.79% in April of 2022 from 27% in the previous month, helped by favorable currency movements. On a monthly basis, consumer prices rose 1.1% in the least since June of 2019, following a 1.56% rise in the previous month. Prices slowed mostly for food, beverages and tobacco, but we also saw a slowdown in clothing and footwear, health and transportation. 
Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit our website. That is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at the K Financial. And you can find me at Mr. Dong.